2: Early morning show here on 93.7 The Fan, and I am Sean Myers taking you for the next 40 or so minutes with a few topics that I want to get to, time permitting. We've hopefully got several topics that we'll be able to discuss, and of course, you can always join the conversation. Give me a call at 412-928-9370, 928 9370. First time in about a month's time that I've been able to do this fan early morning show. And there's some things that I want to discuss, including in the NFL. And certainly, Thursday Night Football was just the most recent example of how things don't always go according to plan when you look at the quarterback situation around the league. Certainly, the Steelers are dealing with that right now. On their backup quarterback, Mitch Trubisky, could be their third-string quarterback, Mason Rudolph, who gets playing time sooner rather than later. And last night's matchup, of course, Aiden O'Connell and Easton Stick, just as everyone anticipated before the season started for the Raiders and the Chargers. But those are certainly not the only teams who are utilizing backup quarterbacks, and it kind of shows maybe the quarterback position could be more valuable than ever, or maybe you could look at it the other way and say that, we have seen teams find a way to get it done without their star quarterbacks playing at the highest level, maybe more so this year than several decades previously. That's an interesting discussion in a little bit, but I want to start off by talking about what was maybe the biggest story in all of sports over the weekend, and then certainly as the details unfolded throughout this week, continued to be a major story in North American sports, and that is Shohei Otane signing with the Los Angeles Dodgers, but not specifically just about that signing, which was massive in its own right. Some saying he is the greatest baseball player of all time. Certainly in our lifetime, we have never seen anyone of his ilk, the ability to be one of the best hitters while also being an elite pitcher. I don't think you could say he is the very best pitcher in baseball. You could make that argument about him as a hitter, but... What he is doing as a two-way player certainly makes him a unicorn, as they say, and really no one in about a century's time has been able to accomplish what he has, and so for over a year, there was rumors talking about would he ultimately leave the Angels, would he be traded. They did not trade him. They decided to hang on to him and try to make a late surge. Didn't work out, so I think everyone knew the writing was on the wall that he would be leaving the Angels. And for months and months, the speculation is where he would land. Of course, if you haven't heard, he signed with the Los Angeles Dodgers for an unbelievable $700 million over 10 years. And then, as I mentioned, details coming out this week that the vast, vast majority of that money will not be paid while he is playing for the Dodgers. He will get just $2 million a year for the next 10 years. And he does have some unique opt-outs in that contract as well but the other 700 or excuse me 680 million dollars of the 700 million total will be deferred to after his 10-year contract concludes with the Dodgers just an insane amount of money that far eclipses any contract we have seen in the major four American sports handed out breaking Mike Trout's major league record breaking Patrick Mahomes NFL record by a wide margin And so the initial reaction and the most common reaction I've heard is that this is terrible for baseball, and it just proves what we've known for baseball for years and years and maybe even decades and decades going back to the late 90s is that it's a case of haves and have-nots because, of course, he signs with a major market team that always spends just about as much, if not more, than everyone else in the Dodgers. And when you think of some of the teams that were contending for his services— Dodgers, Yankees, even the Cubs, who at times have spent a massive amount of money over the past decade or so. It's really kind of disappointing and discouraging for fans of teams like the Pirates, knowing that you never have a chance to have a player like this once he hits free agency. Your only options are to get a player of that caliber via the draft or somehow, some way, if you can swing a trade early in that player's career before they reach the astronomical price range that Otani has now reached, and obviously even before he became a free agent, he was getting a heck of a lot of money since he came over with a lucrative contract from Japan. But to me, while that is 100% true, and I wish that baseball financially would have a much more even playing ground in terms of the ability to Sign players, things of that nature, a salary cap to some extent. Certainly a salary floor is needed, but I think a cap would be fair as well. I've read also some articles that have kind of a contrasting view that baseball is not broken. This doesn't really change the overall arching theme that buying players does not guarantee wins, and it certainly does not guarantee championships. And I think that that is accurate because just think back a few months to the World Series. Was it the Dodgers or the Yankees who were playing for the championship? No, it wasn't. The Yankees, of course, didn't even make the playoffs. The Dodgers, like they've done many, many times, kind of came up with a disappointing early exit from the postseason. It was actually the Texas Rangers who won the World Series. And certainly, you can go back just a couple of years when they spent a lot of money in free agency, bringing in guys like Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon, and then most recently, Jacob DeGrom, who, by the way, did not even pitched for them at all in the second half of the season, only had a handful of starts before he was lost to a season-ending injury. So while they spent a lot of money on a player like DeGrom, he did nothing to contribute to that World Series victory for all intents and purposes. And even if you say, okay, Texas Rangers, that's a large market, certainly, in Texas, they have a lot of money, they spend a lot of money, and they get rewarded with a World Series. So how does that help the argument that teams like the Pirates or whatever have a chance, and how does that kind of take away from the the theory that the teams can go out and buy championships? Well, that is an instance of a team that spent some money and got rewarded with a World Series for the first time in team history. Keep in mind, however, the team they beat in the World Series, the Arizona Diamondbacks, were not a team that went out and spent money in free agency. They really haven't spent much money at all over the past handful of years. I think you have to go back quite a ways to when they were bringing in players like Randy Johnson and Kirk Schilling the last time that Arizona really was a big spender in terms of the Major League Baseball payroll landscape. And so again, those two teams make the World Series. The New York Yankees did not make the playoffs. The New York Mets, who spent more money than anybody last offseason, did not even come close to making the playoffs. They had a miserable season. And so, does Otani help the Dodgers become even more of a favorite in the National League? Well, see, he certainly does. There's no doubt. Even with him not pitching this season, and again, that's a major question as far as when you pay $700 million for a guy, you're doing so hoping that he's going to get back to an elite pitcher, and I think that's somewhat of a question mark. And certainly over 10 years, I don't think he's going to pitch for even seven or eight of those years. We know he's going to be out next year, but you have to wonder how long he will continue to do both because it has taken a toll on him physically. This is the second major arm injury he's had since he's come over to America. But going back to the World Series, going back to postseason, going back to success as a whole, I think the way to look at baseball is this. If you can go out and spend obscene amount of money like the Dodgers or the Yankees or the Red Sox like they have so many times or the Mets have done, It gives you an opportunity and a leg up to really put together a terrific roster, star-studded roster, no doubt. But a lot of times, those rosters might be top-heavy and lack the depth needed. And what you see is when teams endure injuries, which is almost a guarantee when it comes to pitching staffs in baseball, even the teams that spend the most money aren't necessarily well-equipped to have success in the long run or certainly – in the sprint that is October baseball with the postseason. And so if you think, okay, well, the teams that spend the most money, they're going to win the World Series each and every year or certainly be in contention every year. It hasn't played out like that. And kind of to prove this point, and this was somewhat shocking, I was reading some analysis about how over the past 20 or so years, baseball has not had repeat World Series champions in terms of back-to-back years, and it has been – kind of evenly distributed amongst a bevy of teams. About a dozen teams or so have won World Series over the past 20 years. Yeah, we've had the Astros a couple of times. And remember, the Giants won three times in five years, alternating uh, championships on the even years. But you, and it, really, if you think about those two teams, by the way, they're an example of organizations that didn't necessarily spend the most money every single year. And while Houston is spending a lot of money recently, it wasn't that long ago that the Astros were absolutely near the very bottom of baseball in terms of their spending because they did a full rebuild. They played it out perfectly, waiting until they became a competitive team and a championship caliber team before they started spending a significant amount of money. I think that's the way to do it. Is There's a few teams that we mentioned, the major markets that are always going to throw cash around each and every year, and it's discouraging for the other fan bases to see that. Those teams are going to do that year in and year out. But I think there's about a half dozen, maybe even more teams that they have enough money to pick and choose certain times to go all in. We saw the Padres do that recently. They're a smaller market team that hadn't traditionally spent a ton of money. They put together a really good roster, mostly based on homegrown talent. And then they augmented that with some major, major additions, bringing in guys like Juan Soto. And of course, you just look at some of the pitchers that they acquired via trade or via signing, they went all in. It did not work for them. They did not make the playoffs last year despite having sky-high expectations and a significant payroll. And so for them, unfortunately, and this is the reality for some other teams that aren't the Yankees or Dodgers, when you don't have success, when you push all your chips in and when you finally do increase that payroll with the expectation that you'll get to a postseason and make a postseason run – The window is short for those teams, teams like the Padres, teams like, for instance, the Kansas City Royals, who won a World Series when they had a roster ready to contend and they made some financial commitments that kind of put them over the top. I look at the Giants. Keep in mind, by the way, that while the Dodgers got Shohei Otani, it was the Giants and the Toronto Blue Jays who were two of the teams that were leading contenders to sign him And apparently the Giants also offered $700 million. I don't think of the Giants as a massive uh, massive market team that spends money on par with some of the other heavyweights in baseball, but they were willing to do that in this instance. And it seemed as though, at least for a day, if you believe the rumors and you were tracking flights like some weirdos were, that maybe the Blue Jays would be the team that would sign Shohei Otani. That would have been awesome, I think, because... It would give a breath of fresh air for a different team and certainly a market, not even in the United States, to have the biggest face of baseball. Didn't happen like that, but if the Blue Jays had the potential of signing a player like Shohei Otani, I think they realized this is their window. I think soon enough we're going to see teams like the Baltimore Orioles say, this is our window, and maybe you'll start to see a little bit of it this year, potentially, but certainly in the next couple of years. I think... They're going to go from a team that was dreadful, losing 100-plus games, hardly spending any money on payroll, to ramping up their commitments financially, to maybe going over the top once they get one or two pieces away from being a real World Series frontrunner. And so I think that's the way to go. The Pirates, other teams like Oakland, they're just not going to spend significant money no matter what. And so they're going to have to probably try to follow the path that a team like Tampa has set, where you can contend without really making major financial commitments. But for other teams, and again, I think this fits maybe a half dozen teams, if not more. Perhaps the Seattle Mariners would fall in this as they've been in contention, made a major commitment to Julio Rodriguez. We've seen the Royals interested in extending Bobby Witt for a lot of money. Atlanta is a team that has signed some major contracts recently, and that's not to say that Atlanta is a small market team that hasn't spent money, but there was a period of time where they certainly weren't at the very top of payroll, but they've realized, okay, our window is now, let's do whatever we can to contend. And so that's really the financial reality of baseball with the current system set up, without a salary cap, without a floor. Teams have to find a certain time where they can really put money into their major league roster and try to get over the hump, knowing that we might only have a year, two years, three years. We saw with the Padres, they basically had what looked to be about a two-year plan, and now they're maybe not going to have to tear it down and rebuild, but they've already traded Juan Soto just over a year after they acquired him from the Nationals. By the way, Nationals, they are a dreadful team right now. They spend very little money, it wasn't that long ago that they were World Series champions because they made commitments to guys like Steven Strasburg. even though they lost Bryce Harper. They had a really good roster, and they did what they were able to to maximize that window. They got a World Series ring out of it. So again, Shohei Otani, just the latest example of the haves and have-nots. But one thing we have seen, if you look back 20-plus years now, in terms of not just the World Series winners, but teams that make the postseason, is that while having a massive payroll gives you a leg up, gives you an advantage, and means that you probably have more high-end talent. It's all about depth. It's all about finding the right time to maximize the roster you have, maximize your resources, and put those resources into what can be a contending team. And really, I think that's the way that a lot of these teams have to look at it. They're never going to be able to sign a player like, Shea Otani or Aaron Judge or Garrett Cole or Mookie Betts or some of the other absolute superstars in Major League Baseball. They might not be able to sign some of these players who are posted from Japan. There's another one right now who might get $300 million despite having never thrown a pitch in Major League Baseball. But there is still the opportunity, and if we found anything out from this past year where pretty much all of the best regular season teams struggled in the postseason – it is, again, it is a sprint where high end talent and regular season success means very little. It's almost a random occurrence once you get to the postseason about the team that's hottest, the team that is healthiest as well. And having a lot of money invested in your roster certainly does not guarantee that you will have health. It does not guarantee that you will have postseason success. So, Shohei Otani, a major move, certainly all of the eyes in the sports world and in Major League Baseball were on this signing, and wow, the initial reaction, I'm sure, was a lot of people disappointed that he went to another Death Star, as you may hear them referred to with the Dodgers, which much like we've heard the Yankees called for many, many years, and New York, by the way, as I mentioned, got Juan Soto just before the Shohei Otani signing, so the two teams that typically are thought of as the biggest spenders and the biggest markets have added on to their rosters, but Watch 2024. No guarantee that those teams are going to be the ones hoisting the World Series trophy when it's all said and done. Not even a guarantee that they will make the postseason, although if you look at the Dodgers, they certainly have been able to do that. It's about taking that next step and making a postseason run and bringing in even a $700 million man. Certainly cannot guarantee that that will be the case. When I come back, I want to talk about the crazy carousel of quarterbacks in the NFL and maybe if it is changing what it means in terms of the importance of the quarterback position in the National Football League. The Wake Up Show is presented by 84 Lumber. Put your positive attitude work at 84 Lumber. You can apply right now at 84lumber.com. Sean Myers on the Fan Early Morning Show right here on 93.7 The Fan. It's Sean Myers here on the Fan Early morning show taking you for the next dozen or so minutes before I turn it over to the incomparable duo of Adam Crowley and Doran Dickerson. And if you want to join the conversation, feel free to do so. Call 412-928-9370. Talked about Shohei Otani, his massive contract and the impact on Major League Baseball and how maybe it doesn't really change how things are viewed in terms of the disparity between the haves and have-nots, or certainly doesn't change the notion that spending a lot of money doesn't necessarily guarantee a championship and vice versa. I want to shift now to the NFL, and if you watched last night, or for your sake maybe hopefully you didn't watch last night, but maybe just looked at the box score of Thursday night football, it was a blowout. The Las Vegas Raiders put up 63 points in a victory against the LA Chargers. This is probably the end for the Chargers as we know it. There'll be some massive changes forthcoming. They're playing without their starting quarterback. And the Raiders also have a backup quarterback, at least based on when the season started. It was Aiden O'Connell who threw four touchdowns for the Raiders last night. Remember, it was Jimmy Garoppolo who started the season as a free agent addition who was supposed to at least get this team back to respectability. They might be headed there anyway now with a record of 6-8. and eight. On the other side, things have gone horribly wrong for the Chargers. This many thought would be Justin Herbert here to break through as an elite quarterback and not only put up elite numbers, but maybe have team success with it. That's not happening. He did not play last night. He's out for the season. It was East and Stick. So for all those who thought this was already a bad matchup between the Raiders and Chargers when you factor in that it was O'Connell and Stick, That kind of proves that uh, the NFL quarterback position has been in flux maybe more than we have ever seen it in our lifetime. It just seems like just about every team you look at has used a backup quarterback. Many teams have even gone to a third-string quarterback. And I don't know if this necessarily proves the value of starting quarterbacks and elite quarterbacks even more, or maybe on the opposite end of the spectrum, kind of devalues how important that position is in terms of having an absolute superstar. But one thing I think we can say safely is teams need to have a, a plan in place to be able to win games without a superstar quarterback single-handedly doing it this year. We have seen it time and time again. We've seen it in the Steelers' own division with the Cleveland Browns and Joe Flacco, he is the fourth different quarterback to see meaningful snaps this year for the Browns. They are sitting at 8-5. and five. The Bengals, somehow after the absence of Joe Burrow to a season-ending injury with Jake Browning, also have a winning record at 7-6. and six. The Steelers are going to try to some way, somehow patch together with Mitch Trubisky and Mason Rudolph, potentially. But the AFC North's not the only division. You look at teams that either have had to go to backups because of injury or ineffectiveness or maybe even have just had subpar quarterback play. And you think of the Jets with Aaron Rodgers injured in the first game of the season. The Patriots with Bailey Zappi taking over for Mac Jones. Indianapolis, the team the Steelers are going to face, has Gardner Minshew replacing Anthony Richardson, who had a promising start to the season. Tennessee has Will Levis, a quarterback. Of course, I mentioned the Raiders and the Chargers. In the NFC, Tommy DeVito for the Giants has been a big story for them. Of course, in Minnesota, Josh Dobbs initially came on to replace Kirk Cousins. He was a big story. Now Dobbs is even out as a starting quarterback. We've seen Atlanta go back and forth. Desmond Ritter has struggled. Derek Carr has been a massive disappointment for the Saints, as has Bryce Young, the number one pick for Carolina. Arizona, of course, now has Kyler Murray, but they had Dobbs for a little bit of this season. Geno Smith is underwhelmed. He actually missed their last game for the Seattle Seahawks. Again, it has been one of the crazier years in recent memory in terms of starting quarterbacks and elite quarterbacks either missing time or playing well below expectations. You can even say that for some guys like, to some extent, Patrick Mahomes. Certainly Josh Allen has been below what we expected from him. Trevor Lawrence has has not been as good as expected. Maybe you can even make that argument again for a guy like Jared Goff with Detroit. It proves that you have to... F- Somehow find a way to win football games, and I think going forward, you love to have that superstar quarterback, but most importantly, you have to find a way, if he is either out or not playing at his best, to be able to win games. I think the Steelers kind of had that plan in place. It did not work out for them necessarily, although they still have a winning record, but I think you look at the teams that are having some success without having superstar quarterback play, maybe it changes how teams will approach roster construction this year and certainly going forward. Well, going forward, it's going to be Adam Crowley and Doran Dickerson before we take a quick break. But for now, I will sign off. Sean Sank and everyone for tuning in to the Fan Early Morning Show. Next up, Adam and Doran will take it away right here on 93.7 The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday
1: afternoon when a thought hits you.